Welcome to the Hired Geek Podcast. I'm Dustin Ramsdell, and every week I'm having conversations with influential hired leaders about the work they're doing, the impact they're making, and how you too can better implement technology to support student success. We are here with the kickoff episode in the content series that we are collaborating with Pathify on, so very grateful for their support. We're talking with three different people about different aspects of creating a digital first strategic plan. So the different components that uh, we would see going into that. I think it's not exhaustive, but three big ones and talking with people, their perspectives about, you know, leveraging digital tools to create kind of digital first experiences that are more accessible to all students and just creating more kind of supportive environments and everything. So, you know, we're talking about student support today and orientation, you know, making sure students are set up for set up for success from day one uh, and throughout their time at an institution. So we will start out though, Jessica, if you want to introduce yourself briefly, your professional background, and then we'll get into more of our conversation here. Yeah. Thanks, Dustin. I'm stoked to be here. So my name is Jessica James. I currently serve as the Assistant Director of Orientation and Student Activities at Concordia University, Irvine. And I say that my professional background started at Concordia when I was an undergrad. So I graduated with a degree in communication studies and then minors in business and youth ministry. And that basically means I had no idea what I wanted to do until like my junior year of college. But I was pretty heavily involved in our student leadership programs here, did Senate on student activities, then was student body president and did an internship at Saddleback Church in leadership development. And as most people that end up in higher ed, realized throughout my college journey that people did this for a living. This was their full-time jobs and that I could do fun events and also impact the lives of college students. I was like, this is this is where I want to be. Sign me up. So after I graduated, I moved out to Texas. I'm a SoCal native. And so made that kind of big move to Baylor University in Waco and did my graduate work there in higher education and student affairs. And during that time, I worked in the School of Education doing first year experience programs specifically with education majors. So helping them kind of get acclimated to the School of Ed. And then um, COVID hit. So much of my initial professional career was doing programming in digital spaces and figuring out how do we still connect people when we can't physically be together. So I learned a lot about higher ed in a very kind of unique capacity. And then funny enough, came back to work at Concordia. And so I've been here for my third school year. And then probably more important things because in student affairs, we love to have personal connections. Very passionate about Diet Coke, Target, but at the local coffee shop, I love gathering together over a cup of coffee. And then recently to my chagrin fantasy football. So that consumes my fall right now. (laughs) So that's a little bit about me and my background. Perfect. Yeah. Well, a couple of things that stood out, like a good friend of mine, he actually went to grad school at Baylor too, for like rhetoric communication stuff. So yeah, he loved it down there. And uh, yeah, I'm more of a Coke Zero man myself, uh, just in terms of the, you know, offshoot Coke varieties. But yeah. Well, and I think, I don't, I forget if I've like ever talked about it on here because I've like relapsed on my like, you know, love for soda, but I've been exploring all the like zero sugar varieties that are out there now. And like, they're all like really good. It's like, it helps me feel less guilty. I eh? like it's similar. Like, you know, the- I told some of my coworkers, I like diet Coke. So during orientation season, they would just appear on my desk. I had like a 12 pack of diet Coke, the six pack, the like, it, I was stocked. That's why my mini fridge under my desk is exclusively for Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I'm still working through some of these ones from like, you know, weeks ago. 
But I guess there's like a follow up to sort of like, you know, tee you up for, you know, your professional work, you know, now and that's CUI. But like, you know, you mentioned that your early years being like in the pandemic and sort of needing to navigate digital tools. Like, do you feel like that, you know, kind of now as we're sort of entering into just sort of a, an era of digital transformation where there's sort of a, you know, more of like choose your own adventure and all that, like at the very least, you're at least a little bit more like, after prepared or sort of like more mindful or sort of open to digital tools, using them intentionally and that sort of thing? Like, do you, do you, how do you sort of, I guess, like reconcile with sort of like, you know, the, the silver linings or sort of the benefits that you got from having to kind of have that crash course? Yeah, I think when the pandemic first started and Zoom was this buzzword no one had heard about, there was a sense of excitement around it where um, we we're like, oh, we can still connect. And I was living away from my family. So my personal life, I was like, this is great. We could still like have dinners together, even if I can't fly home. And then to connect with my students, we would maybe send like goodie bags to their dorms and then all do a craft together. And so there was kind of this excitement about technology and using that. And then I think we got into that Zoom fatigue stage, which maybe some of us are still in when you hear that a movie (laughs) meeting has been moved virtually. But I think because I so much of my early career was in that kind of excitement stage, I still see a lot of the possibilities with that, which at Concordia, we're very much an in-person institution for our undergraduate act, like experience, but there are still so many ways that we can use digital tools to help us connect. So, and then anytime you're on the younger side of your department, you kind of automatically become an IT person. <laughs> so having used it in the beginning stages of my career, like the, that troubleshooting piece, I feel pretty apt in. Yeah, because I guess, yeah, kind of bringing us to the current moment, like, you know, working at uh, Concordia University, Irvine, you know, again, like it's just sort of every institution, every leader kind of navigating how they're going to be introducing digital tools and everything. And even for like, you're saying an institution that really values, you know, the residential experience and that sort of thing, digital tools like Pathify, I think, can still serve this like really strong role to sort of like augment that, support it and everything. So just, I guess, explain a little bit more like your role at uh, CUI right now and, you know, how you've interacted with the the Pathify platform and maybe, you know, kind of expanding it. Yeah. So my current title, I'm the Assistant Director of Orientation and Student Activities. So I get to oversee our new student orientation programs in the fall and the spring. So we do a week of welcome model. So if I say, wow, that's what I'm referring to is our orientation program. And with that, I have the absolute joy of supervising 25 student leaders that if you see any kind of spoof video about orientation leaders that have had six energy drinks by 7am like that, that's my crew. They're the best. And they keep me young and hip and with the trends. And a lot of them volunteer their time and efforts to support new students. So it's really cool to get to come alongside them and help develop them. I also do first year experience programming. So we kind of expand week of welcome into the first six weeks, which is where we use a lot of the digital spaces to continue to connect with people. I run our shuttle and then my supervisor does all of our student activities on campus. So I have interactions with with that department too. So I, I think I have the most fun job on campus. But my connection with Pathify, and if I say Pathify or my CUI, those are interchangeable terms. Our platform is my CUI. And so when I was hired on for this role, I had a previous commitment. So my first two months were actually remote work. And so that is when we were first launching the MyCUI platform. So my first experience with Pathify was not in the selection phase, was actually in kind of that 
pre-implementation phase where I got to kind of like bring all the data together of how we needed to formulate the groups. So we have groups based on our clubs and orgs or ways that students can get involved. So like a residential group, a commuter group. And so I was kind of on the backside of doing all the kind of technical plugging in information so that when we launched in August, that it was ready to go. And so from there, I've become a student affairs liaison and partner with all of the wonderful tech people that do the behind the scenes that I don't understand, but I come to them. Deborah Lee and Ryan Jones are some of the people on our team that do all the technical things. And so it's a very collaborative process where I say, here's what students want to see. Can we make it happen? So it's been really neat to see the development of the app from when we launched it and to see like kind of new things, like make it more visual because students wanted it to feel more like Instagram or um, adding flex dollar balance to the app so they can see how much money they have left on their account, which took three years to do, but we did it finally. And so continuing to bring them feedback. So that's kind of my interactions with the app now. And then how we use it during orientation is a different kind of experience. If you wanted me to, to touch on that specifically, I can. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to dig in with that because I think just sort of the, the big buckets of your role, because obviously, like, you know, orientations in your title, it's such a, you know, hugely important, you know, moment for students and, you know, institutions, again, are kind of coming at that a variety of different ways, depending on their size or just, you know, sort of how they want to do it. But you have that, you know, intensive week of welcome, and then mentioning that you're able to sort of, you know, extend the spirit of that through Pathify. But I guess I'm curious, as maybe a clarifying thing, like, if you want to dig in with more kind of the nuts and bolts, like, do you do anything like before students come on campus or just sort of like what are the things that you kind of convey and kind of manage uh, through using the platform for new student orientation in particular? Yeah. So our students get plugged into the app once they submit their deposit. And so once they're kind of like, yes, they're coming, um, they have a, li a limited view and then they kind of get more access as they get enrolled into classes. So then they can see things on um, Canvas and their bill and things like that. So our, our, app really functions as the portal for how they can access all their information. And so we have a couple in-person events that happen during the summer. And after three years of running orientation, it's been really interesting to see kind of the difference of how we interact with the portal with students. And so my first years, it was trying to convince them to download the app of why this needs to function maybe differently than we've done in the past, especially with our returning students. I know it's a different kind of conversation, but convincing them of, you need this. This is how we're going to communicate with you. Um, versus now when I have those summer events, which are like our pre-orientation events that students come on campus for, they already have the app downloaded and they're like ready to go. They're exploring it. So it's not about convincing them to use it. It's about teaching them how to use it. And so we've kind of added some, some new, new features in it that we worked with Pathify to create. So like task lists, for example, are a way we kind of use like a pre-orientation checklist within the app. So it's make sure that you apply for your parking decal and submit your photo for your ID card. Or we have some like fun things in there to help them with the Concordia experience. Like it's tradition for students to climb up this big hill we have on campus. So we put that kind of in a task list. Like, have you climbed French Hill? Have you tried one of the calf breakfast burritos. So I, they were great. I highly recommend if you're ever on our campus. So um, in terms of the pre-orientation experience, those are some of the ways that we have 
introduced the app while they may not have the full features of it. And then within the groups feature, so they have a first year experience group page. And in the first couple of years of the app, we want it to function like a Facebook group. Where, where they're chatting with one another, they're posting about like, hey, I'm looking for a roommate. I want to go to this church. Can you? Can anyone give me a ride? Or let's go to this campus event together. We're getting there. And so now we kind of get to set the expectation of here's how people communicate within the app. People like to comment on each other's things. You can post if you need a roommate, like giving them permission to do that, where in the first couple of years, it was like pulling teeth to get them to use that kind of social feature of the app. Well, it happened again. Prospect Paul is excited about attending your institution, but is getting constantly confused by all the information and tasks he needs to complete to enroll, creating friction and even worse, melt. You knew this would happen again, which is why you've been flagging the need for a come to Jesus meeting with leadership from marketing admissions and IT to audit the digital experience for prospective students. Here's the problem. You're not going to convince Mark from marketing to let go of his automation software. Adriana from admissions just got set up with her new CRM. And Isabel from IT is still working through ticket requests from last Christmas. What if you could come to the table with a solution that didn't require anyone to let go of their software while at the same time ensuring a frictionless experience for prospects and current students alike? Well, my friend, guess what? Today's your lucky day. Meet Pathify, an innovative higher ed engagement hub that puts students at the center of their college journey. Pathify sits at the center of your school's digital ecosystem, being the single user experience interface tying together all systems, content, and communications. Their engagement hub elevates the information that matters most and pushes systems like the SIS behind the scenes where they belong, making it simpler for students to discover and engage with the opportunities your institution provides at every step of their higher ed journey, from prospect to alumni. What's even better, Pathify has a mobile experience that provides 100% parity with the responsive web app so your campus app is always in sync. Pathify is a platform that every stakeholder on campus, from marketing to admissions to student affairs to IT, etc., can get equally excited about. Learn more about how Pathify is uniting strategic units across campus and bettering the entire student experience by visiting pathify.com. And be sure to tell them that Dustin from Hired Geek sent you their way. Yeah, just some interesting thoughts I'm having where like, you know, it's great. Yeah, like how over the span of time, the culture has changed because like when it launched and just needing to try to almost, yeah, just cram everybody in there to try to get a critical mass of sort of, you know, utilization. Then you're obviously starting to get feedback and make it even better and everything. But that like, you know, returning students are using it. Those people are your orientation leaders. They can talk about it. Then like the incoming students have access earlier. So they're more sort of acclimated to it and it can kind of evolve with them and everything. But yeah, that like there's use cases. And if you just as a brief follow up, I guess, just to sort of kind of bold and circle and underline this, like, but there's use cases for, you know, the utility, the sort of the transactional sort of like things to do and get done and all that, get questions answered, but also just like the fun stuff, like you said, just sort of like getting used to like, oh, here's the cool place to eat. Here's like a fun, you know, tradition. So I guess just like talk about that, that sort of thought process, I guess, is just sort of like, you know, not having it almost just like be stuck as like one thing and kind of mm -hmm. keeping it dynamic. So if you look at our usage of the app, there are some peak times, which the data is fascinating. It's uh, 11 to 1 and 5 to 7. And if you think about that, those are our meal times. And so most of the students were using it because we have a digital ID on there. And so they would, they would pull it out, scan, and that, that would kind of be it. And so instead of maybe like 
thinking that that was the the biggest use, we kind of utilize that to our advantage of what is going to get them to to kind of utilize the app. So some of those fun things are ways we can do that. And then another kind of big way we want to just like continue to to drive them into it is uh, we created on the back end, all of our clubs and orgs are kind of coded with um, key interest things. So we create this kind of interest profile for students and they can put if they're interested in hiking or Disneyland or they love to cook. And then those kind of key phrases put suggested groups in front of them. So it's like, oh, you love to hike. Maybe you should try our outdoor rec program. And so it it kind of creates this like choose your own adventure experience. So it's way more interactive. And I find that when you give students choice and control or like the illusion of choice and control, um, they feel a little bit more ownership over it. So anytime we can play into that piece, that's kind of the thought process there. And I mean, it's a, it's an investment to do the app. It takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of energy, but anytime we can draw them back into this like one one stop shop and show them like there's way more to it than your ID card, and make it something that they want to utilize to connect with one another, as well as yeah, I have to go pay my tuition bill. Uh, like it's just going to become some more of a social media than a a hub. Yeah. Yeah. And almost like expanding your definition of what that word means, like social media. Like It's like, you know, it's not just the platforms we all think of. It's like, obviously, this embodies a lot of the same, you know, sort of design choices or interface, you know, kind of experiences. And then obviously, there is, you know, the, you know, communities and groups aspect of it. But yeah, and something else that is just sort of ringing in my head is like, obviously, we're shaping a lot of this conversation around our, you know, partners for this content series. But a lot of this is just, you know, apt, you know, sort of applicable for any digital tool, because obviously any institution is u- utilizing a lot of them. And that's sort of the benefit is that you're bringing people here and able to integrate a lot of stuff. And I think, you know, to kind of segue to sort of the other aspects of your title of like the student activities and, you know, getting students involved and supporting them and engaging them, you know, there, there's just a lot of sort of complexity there. Obviously, a lot of things that students can do, like you mentioned, a lot of different groups and you know, certainly like you have at least kind of a hook in with like the digital IDs or different things. And it's trying to like, yeah, serve things up or, you know, kind of communicate to students. Cause that's like a big thing that I kind of keep reiterating is that like, it only does you so much good to like build all of it. Like, it's not like, well, we built all these things and all the students will come, right? Like they'll engage. It's like, you need to try to deliver it. Like you need to try to recommend things or sort of highlight things and that sort of stuff. So you know, how have you seen digital tools like Pathify supporting student success and engagement like the work that you do? Yeah. People love to see themselves on things. So even if it's Instagram, for example, that's like the big kind of social media that our students are are using. And I, I would love to pry it out of their hands sometimes, be like, this goes in the app. But I mean, we can't fight what they are already doing. And so people love to see themselves on things. So that's a great way to create kind of engagement where it's like, oh my gosh, my roommate was on the hunt Instagram. The hunt is our school-wide competition we do every year. And they're like, that is so cool. Or parents, I get so many DMs of parents on our Instagram. And we know that parents are a huge supporter. And so we have, apart from my CUI with our parent connection, we do parent and family Zoom. So some of our administrators get on monthly so they can talk to parents and then our dean of students is great about showing them the app. And so they kind of see what students see, even though they don't get that view that the students get. So having them on board when students are like, I don't know what's going on on campus. 
great, your parent does because they know that where to look. And that that's kind of the biggest question we always get is what's going on on campus and where do I find information? And Concordia as a whole, we're getting better at it, but signage is terrible on our campus. But as we speak, they're putting up new signs. And so we love that that'll be kind of an easier way to navigate. But with these digital tools that automatically update with our systems, it's a lot easier to find things or even like make an appointment online, like through kind of digital platforms, like to make an academic advising appointment online at your fingertips. That's not only going to support like their academic career, but also get them connected to staff resources that are really, really important. And then they can figure out like the campus map is in there and other things. What's funny about this kind of new incoming generation, they love to find ways to not have to talk to people sometimes. And so that's where digital tools are our biggest kind of connection pieces. How can we make these kind of processes really seamless so that maybe they can find all the information they need or they can find the people digitally and they can message people on, on the app. Um, so those are a couple of ways I see it creating that kind of sense of belonging and it's become a promotion tool where we want all of the events to be in there. Fun things we do kind of during orientation is like all of our check-ins are in the app. And then, cause we want them to go to important sessions. And so rewarding them of, Hey, if you check in via the MyCUI campus app, you'll be entered to win this raffle for this TV. Students love free stuff. That's uh, So it kind of creates that win-win of anytime we can use the app to fulfill those purposes like they just go hand in hand. We can't do higher education without technology anymore. Plain and simple. So you have to find ways to make it work for you. Yeah. I mean, and certainly, yeah, incentivizing use, especially during like an orientation time is definitely like a good, a good quick tip. And then like, I think just what I'm kind of sitting with too, is that idea of like, how you're saying like, oh, people like to see themselves. It's just like trying to make sure you keep things human. Cause I think like, there could be a tendency where it's, you know, the platform becomes too transactional or too just sort of like, oh, it's just a communication medium. It's just sort of put it in the kind of lineup with like texting or email and whatever else. It's like, yes, but try to like, you know, have people front and center on it, you know, try to keep people like responsive on it in like communities or groups and that sort of thing. So yeah, so I think that's just a good general reminder for any digital tool, certainly if it's like students seeing themselves, seeing their friends, but like, with like staff involvement and different things, like trying to, you know, keep that human element in there. But um, yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely a big component of with a tool like Pathify, like any sort of good platform like that, like things being easily searchable, e- easily findable, students can answer a lot of their own questions. So then it's like, you know, whether it's a tool like a chatbot or whatever else, it's like trying to get to a point where all those like low level, frequently asked questions can be addressed if you know students on their phone in the middle of the night or something they're like wait is the registration deadline coming up or whatever it's like they can easily get that answer quickly by like looking it or searching it you know on the app and then it's like a higher level question of like oh i want to change my major like oh like you know different things like they could you know elevate that or at least yeah book that appointment or do whatever they're looking to do through the platform and yeah still anchoring a lot of things around like, okay, you're booking an appointment to come in in person, or, you know, you're going to like, you know, find out the events that are happening on campus to keep that sense of, you know, tight knit community and everything. So we are going to, we'll start to wind down here a little bit, but always like to talk about sort of the future, what is on the horizon that you are seeing. So kind of what are you, what are trend lines you're kind of following for your work when it comes to utilizing digital tools? Mm -hmm. Like you said, people love to to see themselves and making 
technology or systems more human. And so one of the ways that our, our president is kind of leading the charge on overhauling our engagement plan for application, like students that apply to Concordia, and then all the way through that kind of enrollment process, which leads right into my orientation programs. And so we want that to feel like a very personal, very high touch, high tech experience. So we're creating kind of a new a new look at our communication plan. How do we add in Zoom calls with instructors? with professors so they're connected automatically? How do we add in academic advisors so they understand that process fully of what our core curriculum is? We have a very unique questions Q&I curriculum here at Concordia that is different than other institutions. So how do we explain that so that by the time they get their class schedule and then meet with their academic advisor, they're already one step ahead. So they kind of know what to expect on that. And I think what's what I am watching... I mean, obviously, AI is kind of taking over right now. So that's very interesting of how do we play into that and not fight it when we realize that it's going to be a reality. So I think teachers changing the way that they teach is is going to be amazing to watch of how they're creatively using that. I don't necessarily see that totally in my world, but we are seeing a generation that doesn't know anything else, which means that we as educators have to take our technology to the next level. And so I think... It's going to force us to be more creative in the ways that we utilize digital spaces. What that looks like entirely, I'm not quite sure yet, but I think that we are going to really take those kind of engagement pieces uh, further than than we anticipated. Even if you're looking at like our app from the last three years in the way that it's transformed based on student feedback is really neat. So I'm hoping that we get to have more more visual content with within our app so that like when students come to orientation, they've seen us on social media. So they know our faces and not just like, hey, I've been emailing you all summer. They're like, man, I, I've seen you. Like we we had that kind of personal touch point through through Pathify, through Zoom, whatever the online platform looks like. But then it's not going away for sure. <laughs> and I think this next generation will challenge us in great ways. Yeah. Well, and even on the AI piece, it is like uh, the idea of like, even if you're not like, you know, you're not leveraging it on a daily basis, it's like the awareness is important. And then just even, I think it's going to be like, obviously the engine that powers a lot of like automation and things that we use. So like behind the scenes, it could be like in Pathify or anything else where it's just like, it's powering, making managing that system or using it like more efficient or, you know, just any number of other things where it's like, it makes a chat bot that much smarter because it can pull from like a, you know, larger knowledge base and that sort of thing. So, and then the idea of just the awareness being like, like, yeah, like faculty will change how they teach and students may just be coming to their RAs or peers or whomever and or tutors or, you know, any other like campus support staff and stuff saying like, Hey, I got this, like, you know, response from the AI. I'm trying to use it as sort of the basis for my paper. You know, it's like, I can see that as like a daily sort of thing and just trying to get like, you know, support with those kind of things or whatever. So it's like, yeah, just like awareness, even though like many of us will not be like leveraging AI itself on a day-to-day basis. I think, you know, your perspective is kind of the good like response now, not like being like the sky is falling or let's, you know, kind of get too out of sorts about it. It's just sort of a, a recognition and awareness and just sort of powering on. But yeah, and I mean, and I think too, I really like kind of your sort of asides about, you know, the students that will be coming in and just sort of this moment that we're going to continue to navigate is just sort of like, it will be almost forcing the point of innovation, like the expectations and everything like that's obviously been such a huge driver for 
your all's app to help it kind of stay current and useful and relevant to people. So it's just like, you know, across the board, it's like, yeah, we might not even know the kind of like, you know, different tools that we integrating with, you know, these sort of foundational different digital tools that we have. So all great stuff. And in honor of our partners for this content series, Pathify, I usually just kind of generally on Hired Geek will ask people for like a final thought, call to action, do whatever you want with it. But we will ask the question that I love that we ask everybody on the Connected Campus podcast of what does a Connected Campus look and or feel like to you? Yeah, I think to, to start, you have to think about like, how do we make just connections with people? Because institutions are full of people and that's at the heart of kind of what we do. And to make connections, it takes time, it takes energy, it takes a certain level of vulnerability to kind of put yourself out there and be willing to bridge gaps. And a, a connected campus is one with people that celebrate big wins, but also mourn those losses and like are willing to be authentic in that. And, and that involves like making connections within offices, knowing your strengths and weaknesses, partnering with one another so that when we get to the student, it feels like a very seamless experience for them. And it becomes a, a not like I'm having a conversation with a student. Oh, have you talked to financial aid? It's, hey, have you spoken to Ken in financial aid? It becomes a much more personal experience. Shout out to Ken in our financial aid office. <laughs> He's great. But in order to have those connections, resources need to be accessible. And that can be done in virtual spaces too. And I think at, at a smaller institution, it, it can be easier because you there aren't as many people on our campus, but it can also be very easy to just operate in your own lane. And so we all have to kind of step into spaces that may feel a little uncomfortable to put ourselves out there to build connections with people so that we can have kind of a really authentic relationship foundation that our students come into and feel that sense of belonging and that sense of connection where we are people first and like processes second. So then they feel like they're part of something bigger. Yeah. I mean, that is kind of, I think the magic of where yeah, true connection can happen is that, you know, that recognition of like, you know, asking for help and different things like that is, you know, a, a shade or sort of a, a side of vulnerability, you know, like kind of seeking out support from other people and creating conduits to make that as easy and accessible as possible. Because I think that's the idea is if you're sort of feeling down and out, frustrated or whatever else, if you're hitting a lot of friction to be like, you know, I, I need a tutor, I, I got to, you know, get sort of a, you know, life preserver here. If you got to jump through a lot of hoops and over a bunch of hurdles, and it's just gonna be like, it's not worth it. I guess I'll just try to figure it out on my own. So it's like, yeah, how can we create spaces, utilize tools and, you know, just try to make it as easy as pulling up your phone, opening up an app, clicking a button. And you're like, here, here's times a tutor's available. Or, you know, here's a way to like pull up a live chat with somebody to being like, hey, can you help me? I'm trying to figure out like, you know, this thing or another. So really great perspectives on, you know, keeping humans at the center of supporting, you know, new student orientation and student success and engagement through digital tools and everything. So thank you so much for hanging out and sharing all that you did. Uh, and keep on listening on to the rest of the episodes in this Pathify sponsored content series about creating digital first strategic. Thanks, Dustin. It's been great. Hey, all Zach here from Enrollify. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. 
Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Corinne Myers, Jamie Gleason, and many, many more. You can learn more about the Enrollify Podcast Network at podcasts.enrollify.org. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcasts.enrollify.org.